Hello, everybody. This is producer Vinny. And before we start this episode of the Let's Go Hockey podcast, we are excited to tell everybody out there about our new sponsor, Tech Tour Shields. Tech Tour Shields were created out of necessity with the sole purpose of creating products that provide athletes with an additional layer of safety and allowing them to get back to the games they love. They make shields that are compatible with football, lacrosse, and most importantly for listeners of the Let's Go Hockey podcast, Hockey Helmets. TechTor have created shields that are technologically advanced and designed to allow for an athlete's peak performance while maintaining that needed level of safety, specifically covering an athlete's nose and mouth area. All of TechTor's products include easy installation with a simple Velcro design, anti-fog material, very clear sight lines, and great breathability. TechTor offers two variations of shields to accommodate your hockey helmet. The TechTor 1.0 will fit on all current CCM and Bauer cages from adult to youth. And for anybody out there using a bubble, such as the CCM VF1 or the Bauer Concept 3 face mask, you can use the TechTor 2.0 to go directly onto your mask. We've teamed up with them to offer you, our wonderful listeners, 10% off your three pack of TechTor shields by using the promo code Let's Go 10. That's L-E-T-S-G-O-10 for 10% off. This offer is valid now through 12-31-2020. So what you need to do right now is visit them at techtorshields.com. That's T-E-K-T-O-R-S-H-I-E-L-D-S.com and let them know that we sent you by using promo code Let's Go 10. We are extremely excited to pair up with TechTor. This is a wonderful product. It is extremely necessary, as many of you know. So please visit TechTorShields.com. Keep yourself safe. And without any further ado, let's get to the show. From Salt Lake City, Utah, he played his junior hockey for the Hotsbury Hawks of the CCHL, where he was defenseman of the year, followed by a season for the Topeka Roadrunners in the NA. Let's go. After his time in the NA, he played three seasons for the NCAA Division I Hockey, Minnesota State University, the greatest school in the country. At Mankato, he was WCHA All-Rookie Team, WCHA Defenseman of the Year, two-time WCHA All-Star, NCAA Second Team All-American, and represented the USA during the 2017 IIHF World Championships. Let's go. In 2018, he signed his entry-level contract with the LA Kings, making his debut in the National Hockey League that season. In his pro career so far, he spent time with the Kings, Ontario Reign, and Manitoba Moose of the AHL. Daniel Brickley, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Heater and uh, Camera. Uh, yeah, excited to do this. Yeah, thanks for coming on here. Danny's fired up for that intro. He's that was I nailed that intro. Bringing the so, yeah. bringing the heat here. He's excited for this one. So yeah, that's good. Go. <laughs> no, we're pumped to have you on, Daniel. This is awesome. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about kind of your path and your career and stuff. But let's start out with uh, the beginning. How did you first kind of get hooked on hockey? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for those obviously who don't know me, uh, my dad's side's background of hockey. Uh, they say, you know, it's in our blood. My my uncle, Andy Brickley, who's the uh, – or a commentator for Boston Bruins. Uh, he also played pro for 14 years. He played for the Bruins, Penguins, Devils. Um, 
And then my dad was a professional referee. And then his other other brother played pro in Europe, played a little in the AHL. Um, his other brother did the same thing. So his my dad's side of the family was all all hockey. Um, and I don't know, I, I just fell in fell in love with it right from the the get go. Um, I, I video home videos of me skating when I was two. Uh, two. Take me out and uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it ever since. I love it. I love it. So family game. Speaking of that, I just brought my little boy. He's two skating last night for the first time ever. So hoping, hoping to follow in your footsteps. We'll yeah, see. That. But so, you know, when I was looking up your bio and kind of doing a little background research, uh, I saw that you were from Utah and you grew up playing some hockey in Utah and kind of a non-traditional hockey market, you know, not like the big, the big, big M's or anything like that. But, uh, when we talk a little about that youth hockey experience coming in Utah and, and kind of how that prepared you for jumping into juniors. I just want to correct you. Utah is the hockey hotbed. (laughs) (laughs) It is now, right? You you change things. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, Utah is not the traditional. You don't hear many guys coming out. I think, uh, uh, I want to say the the numbers five, five Utah guys who've played in the NHL. Um, but uh, yeah, my path was definitely a lot different than than most. Um, it was for from my experience being in Utah. A lot of guys left when they were fourteen, fifteen years old to get out of Utah. The a lot of guys went over to Colorado to play for the Thunderbirds or the Rough Riders, or um, and I didn't do that. My one, I don't think, think I. I don't know if I was mature enough or or what, but me personally. I always thought I wanted to, but I don't know if I could have done it at that age. Um, and also my mom, mom didn't want me to have someone else, uh, raise me, you know, I'm a kid. Um, so I stayed in Utah till I was, um, 18 and played double A hockey. Uh, that is because Utah didn't have triple A until I believe I was 17. And the first year they, what are they called? I think they were called the Utah Renegades. Um, and it was some, um, at the time, parents couldn't afford it. And so I still played double A hockey. And, um, and then my 18 year, I was able to play triple A. And, and that's where I was, you know, after that one year, I, I w- ended up going up to Canada. That's kind of how I got out of Utah for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I love, like, I love those stories about, um, it's a lot like Sam Lafferty's story, right? Where you, where you stay, we got Sam Lafferty, Pittsburgh Penguins guy. He, um, talked about just staying and, and like, I love that because when you talk about those five people that played, that grew up in Utah, I wonder if they have that story where they actually played in Utah as long as you did, because that's a, that's a pretty special thing. And so you went through, you went through your career there playing hockey, double A hockey, um, and I, I don't know. I just, I, I want to like make that point very clear to our listeners is that you don't yeah. have to play for these like top crazy teams. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, sure. Uh, prime example uh, for those who know him or don't know him, Trevor Lewis played for the, or plays for the LA Kings. Um, he's a, one of my fellow Utah guys who are playing in the NHL. He currently is. Um, he, he was the opposite of me. He, he, like we had two completely different paths. He left and I think he was like 15, 
scene and you know he made it so there's that side and then i'm a i'm an example that you can stay and play in your you know whatever tier you're playing in and and still make it you know yeah. whatever situation uh you kids or whoever is it you know trying to come up to be that you can make it regardless of if you move away like that's not always the answer you, you right. can drive your own bus and create your own path yeah i yeah i love that and i think that needs to be to be shared more and more. It's a lot like a kid in Minnesota with high school hockey being the dominant way to, to grow up, staying for your senior year, your junior year, and not making the jump to the USHL or the NHL. We yeah. don't have to. Like, there's plenty of hockey to be played where you're at. So, very competitive. Love hearing that. What, um, so when you, you played there till you're 18 and then you went to junior hockey, was there ever a decision like, I want to go major juniors? Or did you, did you always decide, like, I want to go the college hockey route? Or what was that? What was that part of your life like? Yeah. So after my 18 year, I I didn't know what I I knew I wanted to play hockey, but I didn't know how to go about it, where to go. I didn't have an agent, you know. Um, do I just go to open camps? I had, didn't really have any main camp for like the NA or USHL. Um, and one of my buddies I played with in Utah growing up, he was already playing up in the CCHL. And he just said, hey, Bricks, uh, there's this big camp that all these teams come to, the major juniors, like the AJ, CCHL, the BC, they all come and scout this tournament and, you know, go up there and show your stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went up to Ottawa and ended up doing that. And that's how Hawksburg picked me up. And I knew nothing about CCHL, nothing about Hawksbury. Didn't know if they're good or not. And I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, let's, I want to go. And so I ended up going up there and I loved it. It was a great time, different culture being in Canada. I'm a Utah boy from the States. Um, you know, spreading my, spreading my wings a little bit away from the family. And um, I did, I did well while I was there. Um, and I had the opportunity, you were talking about major juniors. I had an opportunity to go, uh, go play up in, I forget if it was the, the Q or the O and it seemed cool at the time. But my dad was always there to say, like, hey, I think it's best, you know, college education. I'm not, I'm not here saying you can't go major junior, but it's just my dad saying this to me, you know, to have that Absolutely. in your back pocket. And so it was kind of like my mindset. I've always wanted to go to college. And uh, so I turned, ended up turning down the major junior and stuck it out in Hawkesbury. Um, and it was awesome. I loved it there. And, and then that summer, I ended up getting drafted in the, the N.A. Nice. So then you, uh, so after a successful season up in Canada, you came back to the States, played for Topeka and found some success there. Um, yeah. And tell us a little bit about that, that experience coming back. Like how did that, that relate from the two junior leagues or, or stepping back to the, to the U S to play in the North American league. So up in Canada, everything, everything was because it was in Ontario, all the teams were close. I think our furthest bus ride was maybe four hours. And so when I went to Topeka, our farthest was Rio Grande Valley. And I think it was like 18 hour bus ride. We weren't flying. You know? and <laughs> the hall. I was, those were tough. And I didn't like that, but like, it is what it is. And uh, the fan base was better in the NA. Um, that was a lot of fun going down to Corpus and Wichita Falls. Um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed that aspect. And I like being back in the state side because it wasn't a, as big of a hassle for my parents to come in, visit me. Um, There's pros and cons of both. But 
I like my experience in both uh, up in Canada and in Topeka. Nice. And then oh, I got to talk. I love to ask this question, especially when it's a fellow <laughs> Maverick. But uh, let's talk about that jump to to college hockey. When when did you actually commit to Minnesota State? And then what? I mean, talk about that jump from junior hockey to playing college hockey and stepping right in and having a big part of the program. All right, um, I'm going to back up a smidge. So you, you were talking about that jump from juniors to college. I'm sure neither of you guys know, but when I left Utah to go into Hawkesbury, so I was a late bloomer. So I left at five, five, nine and a half, five, ten. And if you guys don't know me, I'm six, three now, oh, yeah. um, five, nine, five, five, ten at two thirty five. I was a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> Not like because of that, I had to work smarter instead of harder. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that, but, uh, how the game's going now, it's all speed. So with that being said, I was short, I was fat, and I ended up losing my weight in Hawkesbury and hitting puberty. I, I came back, so like I said, I went up there at like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, at the end of the season, I came back around 6'1", about 205. And, and then that's when I was drafted to the NA. And so then I was adapting to my body in, in the NA, playing that style. I could move better, I was more mobile, or, or mobile and um and so now that jump from juniors to college so i so now i've had to play a short and fat then adjust to a, a tall skinny game who's more mobile defenseman and now having to adjust to juniors to college at a you know it's a man's game you're playing against it you know you know 18 to 24 year old guys um and so that jump was for the first my freshman year, my first half was a little, little difficult. Um, just the speed and how strong everyone was. I was underdeveloped and uh, didn't really use, hit the weight room that much. Um, and that's what was good about Mankato. I mean, I, w- I went in for summer training. They bulked me up and, um, and then that was that adjust period, that first half of the season. I think my turning point was probably – November, December of my freshman year. You probably asked Hastings about that. That's when I really started stepping up, being a big attribute to the team and playing power play, penalty kill, um, you know, higher minutes. But uh, that jump is, you know, it might not just come right away, but it, it comes. You just got to keep working for it. Right. And it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about that and like the idea because most people see the side that like, okay, all rookie team, WCHA, uh, two-time all-star they see all those things but then when I asked you about it your first thing was like well it was, it was an adjustment period like I didn't start to figure it out till almost halfway through the season and so I, I love I that's why this podcast is so valuable like people hearing these this side of the story and not just the the attributes which you had there and you, you had a ton of success there obviously but want to want to talk about that as you kind of you went through and then ultimately what what led you to making your decision to to sign pro what was your first part of the question? Uh, I asked too many like, questions. Just, just the <laughs> idea, like talk, talk about your experience throughout. So you went, oh, you played oh, there your, your oh. first year, you had a ton of success. And yeah. then, you know, your sophomore and junior year, what, how did those go and what adjustments? And then when did kind of, when did, when did you think or know, or maybe you always knew like, yeah, I want to play in the NHL. I, I know I can do it type of thing. Yeah. So kind of backtracking again, when I was playing juniors, I was still getting offers, um, 
to go main camps for the NHL stuff like that. So I always knew there was like a little sniff there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that adjustment period where we were just talking about it kind of, there's a little doubt that creeps in. You're just like, ah, you know, like, shoot, am I not, not good enough? You know, and I, this is where I kind of leaned on my teammates a lot and my coaching staff and they helped me tremendously. They just, you just got to ask questions and if you don't get it or you understand, you just ask, um, they're not there to you know tear you down. They want to see you succeed. Um, with that being said, I ended up, you know, sticking to it, got my nose to the grindstone and, uh, my time in Mankato, Mankato was awesome. I mean, yeah, I had a lot of attributes and accolades and, but, uh, I couldn't have done it without my teammates there. Um, coaching staff. That was awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, back and forth controversy in the Kings locker room in Ontario about like, oh, major juniors better college is better, (laughs) you know, whatever for me, I, you know, obviously I'm going to say college. Uh, and it was the best time of my life. It was, you know, yeah, school kind of sucked, but, uh, (laughs) you know, they're, you know, best friends every single day. You get to go play hockey. You're, you know, kind of the big dog on campus, at least at Mankato. I had a blast and it went by way too quick for me. Um, but yeah, so when it was coming towards the end, um, sorry, back that up. When I first came into Mankato, Mike Hastings asked me, he said, Hey, like, I think you have a chance to go pro blah, blah, at the start. And so we always had made a plan, um, to, you know, get my schooling as close, uh, to being done or graduated by the time I leave. And I was, you know, fortunate enough to get it done by a junior, uh, and graduate. And so I graduated and ended up leaving to go play pro. And that was, uh, that was, that was a difficult time actually to, choose whether or not, you know, do I stay for my senior year, another shot, go to the NCAA tournament. Um, but, you know, ultimately at the end, I, I thought it was time. And I kind of, I looked at Casey Nelson. Uh, he was also a former Maverick and um, he was a former defensive partner for me. And he did, he did a very similar path to me. He left after his junior year. Um, I just kind of looked at that and kind of used that as a guide. And then I looked at Teddy Bluger. I know he's been on here too. Um, he stayed after senior, or he stayed all four years. Um, I just tried weighing the pros and cons, but I, at the end of the day, I just thought I was ready to, to go. And I had my credits done and graduated, did everything I wanted to do at college. Um, it was sad to go, but it was an exciting new, uh, new chapter in my life. Yeah. So then at that point you wrapped up, wrapped up, uh, your college hockey experience and made that jump signed with the Kings. So walk us through that a little bit. How did that end up coming? Like, how did you end up landing with the Kings and, and how was that first NHL experience for you? Yeah, that was, uh, that's a stressful time too, because, uh, I don't know if everyone was like this, but the teams kind of put, you know, a time frame on, Hey, we need an answer. Cause they're trying to sign every, like, all their prospects and, you know, whatever. And so I ended up going out and visiting LA and some of these other teams I went to visit. And, uh, um, my, all, I had ended up narrowing it, narrowing it down. Um, a big part of it was my dad. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't know, but I lost my dad, 
uh, last February and he to cancer and he wasn't able to like travel that far. The doctor said, you know, not, not to push it in LA was pretty close and I loved it in LA. I mean, who can't complain. It's warm all the time. Right now it's 75 degrees in December, something like that. 70 degrees in, de- in December. I don't know. You, you guys are up in, uh, up North, but, uh, it was awesome. I, I liked my time here. Uh, great visit. And yeah, those were kind of like deciding factors. Great team. They were rebuilding. I thought I could fit in and step in and play. And then I was able to get my first game under my belt uh, against the wild. You know, how yeah. ironic is that? But, and my first point, first game, first point. It was awesome. It was crazy playing in Staples and crowd was electrifying and it was a thrill absolutely um i remember watching that game and um i just i know i know what you've gone through and i knew i i know most of your story and it's it's cool to to hear it all at one time because you know a lot of times people just see oh this guy grew up played hockey made it to the nhl where like if you look at every decision you made it it wasn't just uh i'm gonna go do this or do that it was, it was well thought out and it was, yeah. it was planned. It was planned as, bu- as much as you can plan life. Um, it, and so like the thought of the thought, so for all the young hockey players out there listening, like the idea of like, don't just make a decision, like think about it and, and enjoy yeah. it. And like you said, like college was, you wouldn't trade those years for anything and you, you had the opportunity to, to never have that. And so yeah. it's pretty cool to see all that. And so now, now let's talk about what you're doing. Obviously, this is a weird, weird time um, in the world. But uh, like, talk about like your. Uh, hopefully, there's a season coming up. It all points to we yeah. should be able to get some kind of season. But what's your training looking like? What uh, What do you got going on right now? I know you're you're out in LA, but what's uh, what's a day in the life look like for you? So yeah, I actually just recently got back to LA. I was back home with uh, my mom uh, in Utah. I was. As much as possible, I was trying to skate and work out. But day in the life here, um, wake up around six a.m. Go work. Go to the go to the rinks, work out. Um, no, I'm sorry. You go to the rink, and we have to get tested um, every day. Um, COVID tests. Uh, uh, no, geez, I'm sorry. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You have to get your temperature taken every day. Um, get that. And then we go work out, uh, small groups. Everyone has their own group times. Then we go and skate small groups, about 10, 11 guys. After that, the rest of the day is ours. I, I was home by 11, sunny, no clouds today, calm ocean. Um, but everything's pretty, everything's closed down. There's no, I don't know about up in Minnesota, but you can't go dine in anywhere. Everything's like delivered or pick up. I don't know if you guys have it. Do you have a, a curfew by your state? So we no, have, but everything's, everything's shut down. Yeah. So Cali, you, they have a mandated curfew that everything shuts down at 10, 10 PM. And I think it can open up at 6 AM. Jeez. Um, pretty strict, uh, you know, masks everywhere, obviously, but I think for the most part, it's pretty nice. I, me and my roommate have a place here and, block away from the beach because we can't complain about that great views good sunset oh. right? yeah let's go is right <laughs> skating and training in the morning and enjoying yeah. the beach in the afternoon huh 
Yeah. Well, if it wasn't COVID, it's usually, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we go work out, skate, and usually go hit up a golf course, swing yeah. this a little bit. Um, golf courses are closed too? Um, I don't think Probably so. Probably just have restrictions. Yeah, I think there's just restrictions, you know. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, you know, the guys here have families and kids and it's hard to grab, grab them and go. And, uh, I've asked my roommate, but his clubs are back in Canada in his car. <laughs> he's trying to ship out, I believe. Um, so they're on the way. So once, once I get here, I'm sure we'll go. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Well, I appreciate you walking us through your, your path there and definitely the decision. Like I, I love hearing the, about your decision-making about the different levels and when, when it was the right time to make jumps and, and change yeah. to the next level and stuff like that. So with that in mind, let's move on to the part of the show where we talk about advice. And so to start off, I'd love to hear your advice to any listening uh, youth hockey players that are aspiring to reach higher levels of hockey. What kind of what advice would you extend to those listeners? This advice may not please everyone but uh being from utah uh i had a lot of adversity i had to go through whether you know when i was younger it kind of offended me like utah's a mormon state you know being called mormon uh, i'm i'm not mormon but offended me or like being called fat um there was a point in my life where i took whatever like negative uh energy towards me and i used it to uh fuel my fire and it just wanted, wanted me to push and get better and prove those people wrong. Like, Hey, you know what? Like I can do this, you know, you think what you want, but uh, I know what I'm capable of. And, and my advice is never quit. Keep going. Um, keep your nose to the grindstone and anything's possible. I mean, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Perfect. No, I think that's solid advice for the listeners. You got to keep, keep pushing and, and, uh, and keep working there. So uh, let's flip it to the other side for the the coaches that are listening, uh, whether they're youth hockey coaches or junior coaches or coaches at any level, like what kind of advice would you extend to uh, a youth hockey coach, a younger coach that um, in regards to player development, helping, you know, those, helping those players out? Um, this might be a little old school, but I've had coaches that were real robotic um, and I've played with a lot of talented players that they want wanted to play, you know, that coach's system. I'm, and I'm not saying don't play your coach's system, but I'm saying if this kid is creative and is a playmaker, let him be creative and a playmaker, but still using that system that you want. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of guys, you know, guys who are just pure goal scorers and can snipe or use their craft to their advantage, but they can't because, you know, this coach may be stubborn or not. And so my advice is be open-minded to players individually, not as a whole as much. Um, so, I mean, like if, like I was just saying, if, if, if you have a player that's a, an absolute goal scorer, don't make them play strict defense, which, which right. I've seen in the past, you know, use your players, you know, get to know your players, I guess, essentially, you know, the game changes all the time. It used to be, you know, broad street, and fighting and for youth growing up is you know got to do this x's and o's um it's all speed and creativity now and um let the kids flow with that i guess i mean it's i'm sure they all have they all have their idols you know mcdavid and matthews and you know whoever crosby 
look at those guys. Their their craft is off the charts. They're yeah. and I, and they play under their coach's structure, but it's they know what they're capable of, and that coach or whoever is not holding them back from that. In which I've seen in the past, for and, sure. Well, yeah. I love that because <clears throat> I mean I've seen some things. Even like like you, big tall defenseman, and I've seen some things popping around on Instagram of you like standing on these crazy balls, stick killing pucks and or stick killing whatever. And like yeah. it's pretty cool to see like how the game is evolving. And it's not like, you know, the big strong defensemen aren't just in the back of the weight room hitting the punching bag anymore. Yeah. No. So you have to be you have to be like you like you said, a mobile puck moving defenseman, whether you're five foot nine or you're six foot three, right? Yeah. Always just trying to improve. You know, add more to the arsenal. Absolutely. I love that. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'd love to have you on again and, and dive into more uh, just like hockey development and different things that you're doing. But um, obviously time is valuable. So we'll we'll definitely schedule you again and uh, hopefully get some just listener questions in and figure out how we can do that part. But yeah. we appreciate you coming on. Uh, any any final thoughts or closing closing words for our listeners you got? Um, yeah, don't give up, shoot for the stars and keep going. Let's go. Let's go. He did it without us even asking. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and, uh, have a good, have a good day and, and continue to train and hopefully we'll get to watch you play in the NHL, um, here sure. shortly once this yeah. pause is done. Yeah, sure. So, all right. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah.